25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks and The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. We're not playing it. We're talking it. It's hump day. I don't know if anybody plays football on a Wednesday, but I sure do enjoy hearing Jerry Clower say that. What about you? Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. Somebody to deal with one-on-one, call them on that cell phone whenever you need to uh, ask a question or make a change or, I don't know, make a claim. Somebody you can deal with face-to-face. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. And it's what you get on this show. You can deal with me one-on-one. Call me on the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, DiviniEquipment.com. Check them out there in Jackson or on Highway 51 in Madison. Call me on the Divini phone. Here's a number, 601-995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Live with you on Wednesday. Smack dab in the middle of the week. Get your comments in on Facebook. You can also talk to me on the uh, Twitter feed or, or Periscope, as it were. Uh, the Twitter feed is at Radio Wyatt, so send your tweets. And the text line is open to you, too. So I'm sure there are a lot of people that after taking a couple of hours off, um, Chris was out today, are ready, and you're loaded up with your questions and your comments, so fire away on the text line. It is 885-ESPN. I'll say this. It is abundantly clear if you, according to our text line, that whenever one of the local shows on uh, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, like Bo in the Morning or Chris, the Gridiron with Beaver, me, Jake in the afternoons, anybody takes a day off and they just pump in the national programming from ESPN, like the national shows, people around here don't like it. And it's abundantly clear on the text line. Bulldog Blitz texted a little while ago during the other thing and said, what is this hogwash on 105.9? Quit taking so many days off, Brooks. This ain't junior college. <laughs> and then Scott uh, texted the show and said, Brooks, go look in whoever the other guy is. Are you kidding me? In the words of Stephen A. Smith, come on, man. <laughs> I love it. Outrageous. All right. Uh, so we'll get you loaded up on the phone line. Let me Let me give you a thought here real quick. I made the comment earlier in the week, and I think this was on Monday, so we were only, well, really not even fully 48 hours removed from the Mississippi State-LSU game on 
Monday's show. And I talked a little bit about the fact that the offensive line has got to play better. That is a derivative of, well, the running game has to be better, right? It has to be more consistent. In fact, I had some notes and I accidentally threw them away and I just pulled it out of the trash here. <laughs> um, yeah, here it is. Here's my notes. So th- it's an understatement that to say that State's running game has to be better. It has to be more consistent. It has to get back to, you know, it's – Identity of being a very consistent and very, you know, physical running game. Against Auburn, these are the last three games for State. Against Auburn, 118 yards rushing total. Kylan Hill, six carries, 45 yards. Tennessee, State had 121 yards rushing. Kylan Hill, 11 carries, 13 yards. <clears throat> And then last Saturday, LSU, State had 102 yards rushing. Kylan Hill, 15 carries, 34 yards. Those are paltry rushing numbers in the last three games for Mississippi State's offense. It is the biggest reason why they are not scoring points and haven't scored points in these, you know, uh, these last three SEC games. Not enough to go and, and win it. In spite of that, you know, Kylan Hill, What if we added that up, he's not even at 100 yards in the last three games combined, right? Let me do the math here real quick. 79, 89, 92 yards. So in the last three games combined, Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU, Kylan Hill combined now, 32 carries, for 92 yards, three games combined. In spite of all that, Kylan Hill is still, as of today, the fifth leading rusher in the SEC this season. <laughs> A total of 643 yards, five touchdowns, and still, still, at this point, still averages 92 yards rushing a game. So I'll tell you what the kind of numbers he was putting up before they hit this three-game stretch. He's added up 92 total yards in the last three, but he's still averaging 92 a game and the fifth best in the SEC this season so far. It just kind of tells you how you know, good it was from a running standpoint, a rushing standpoint, and flip it and how bad it's been the last three from a rushing standpoint. I'm going to tell you some thoughts as I went back last night and this morning and watched a lot of the running plays, running game, rushing plays for Mississippi State against Tennessee and then against LSU. I watched a lot of that. I'll post a film study on my YouTube channel later this afternoon. But I'm going to tell you what I saw, some of that on today's show. But before we do that, I don't want to go much farther making Warren and Chris and everybody hang on. So let's get to it now. Warren is up on the Divinity Equipment phone line Nine nine five one zero five nine. What's up, Warren? Hey, what's going on? I need a, a line from three games if you have them. Uh, a line from what? Football pick line. You know the biggest uh, spread. Okay, from <laughs> for, so you know which games you need. You want me to look it up? Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that on the radio, Warren. Okay. Yeah, because I don't have because uh, I don't have it pulled question, up in front of me and and right now and I'm I would just be wasting your time. So what else you got? Okay, 
second question, which job would be worse, going to work for Donald Trump or Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> you know you'd be in a bad mood every day. Well, I, I, it's an easy answer for me, uh, Warren. And it's because I okay. hate I, it's because I hate politics, all of it, any of it, hate it, all of it. Right. Me so <laughs> I would do I would go to work for Jerry Jones in a heartbeat. And it's not just that it's Donald Trump. Frankly, it's any politician. I ain't going to work for any. Oh, of them. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Me too. You wouldn't, right, you wouldn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, I sure wouldn't last very long. Thanks, Warren. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I just I don't know. Politics. Um, it's out of my wheelhouse, man. It all stinks to high heaven to me. I'm sorry. All of it stinks. Why do I need it? Why y'all need plus, it? Plus, you, you played in Europe, didn't you? I did. Played, played, played you did you go to Moscow at any time? Are okay. you now or have you ever been? I've, no, I've never been to Russia. <laughs> never been. And when I lived over there, uh, of course, lived in Germany, made a trip to Amsterdam, so you're talking about the Netherlands. Made a trip to Brussels, Belgium. Stayed How was in, that? That was okay. great. It's 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 just the sights and everything are incredible. Uh, spent one night in Antwerp, north of there. All that area is Battle of the Bulge area, um, Roger, from World War yeah. II. And went to Luxembourg, uh, went to the Swiss Alps, went to Paris. Um, spent a night or two, something like that, in Frankfurt. Um, but but yeah, I didn't never went to Russia. All right, Chris on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Chris? How you doing, Matt? As far as I know, I'm just right. <laughs> All right, Warren, get off my Cowboys. Get off Jerry Jones, because let me tell you something. If you had a chance to go out there and work in a billion-dollar facility and have it made, and all you had to really do was show up and act like you were working and make, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. I think you'd be happy to do it. <laughs> yes, sir, Mister Jones. Yes, sir. And um, so, what I wanted to say, um, you were talking about Jeffrey Simmons yesterday, and yeah. I was listening to your podcast this morning. Um, <laughs> I, I have some comparisons. You were asking who's going to be the next one, but what about you know? You were talking about Jeffrey Simmons and Larry Tussle. What about Lyle Collins? Yeah, I mean. And mm -hmm. Ray Lewis, I mean, you, you think about the things in the past that, that people have done. Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of Jeremy, I mean, Jeffrey, because I'm from Macon. Oh. And I will I will shine a little bit of light in this for you. That area where that fight was known was happening yeah. is a really bad area in Macon. And those, those girls are known to fight with razor blades. And I was told from some behind-the-scenes people that that girl had a razor blade and was supposed to start cutting people with it. And that's the reason why he jumped in there. That don't make it right, but that's a little backfill story for you on that. That's and, that I mean, I, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him doing how he's done and what he's done. But I will say this to you, Matt. You said um, that pass and that Florida game and that Kentucky game last year, you know, we – him dropping that pass kind of gives a pass to Joe Moorhead. I'm sorry. It doesn't because your backs, you had two backs that averaged six yards of carry in both those games, and you refused to give it to them. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Hill, that Chris, was the thing about that is, is also I think that's what is making this year doubly worrisome for a lot of people is that it's year two for Coach Moorhead, and we're seeing a few of the same things. 
um, from time yeah. to time. Like in yeah. the Tennessee game, you know, it kind of makes – I mean, in the Tennessee game, you couldn't get the run game going, but still Kylan Hill had 11 carries. He goes for 13 yards, you know, 15 for 34 against LSU. And so people are worried, and that's why, Chris, last night and today, I, I wanted to do it. It was a matter of the schedule working out where I had time to do it, to sit down and go through watching a bunch of the run plays uh, for State against Tennessee and for State against LSU. And let me tell you what I started to find, Chris. Because I wanted to get into this today. It's not all an offensive line issue. In fact, a lot of it isn't an offensive line issue in terms of like busted assignments. Okay, so let me just say it this way. And then we can go down the path. We'll see where it goes on today's show. I found three main things. I'm going to put out a film study video this afternoon. You can check my Twitter and I'll also put it on YouTube. It'll have 14 plays. About seven or so or eight, however how many from one game and, you know, six or so from the Tennessee game. And three things jump out. One, I almost I don't know that I had any plays where offensive linemen had blatant missed assignments in the run game. So they were they were getting on and blocking or attempting to block a lot of the right people just about every running play. But to go along with that, there were almost none of those plays where they actually blocked people to the ground. Okay, now I'm not saying that for a successful running play, you have to pancake somebody. You don't. But a lot of times, your physicality will be indicated by you got some pancakes going on every now and then. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if you don't have any pancakes happening at all over the course of several games, to me, that is kind of an indication of just how physical you aren't. Okay, so right, not right. a lot of not a lot of mental errors on the offensive line at all, and a lot of what they do in the zone game and stuff is simple, but also not a whole lot of when they get there to block somebody, they're not necessarily knocking them down the field and putting their butts on the ground very much at all. Okay, so that's one thing. Number right. two, you're going to see in this film study. Kylan Hill has started to hesitate at times a little more in the hole or after the handoff or in making a decision, do I follow the lead or do I bounce this? He's he's starting to have a hesitation step or two or a stop step and get started again. And, and what's happening is because you're not blocking people to the ground, in their run game, the margin for error is very, very small. And so if he's not full speed into the hole right behind the blocker, it's closed up and it goes nowhere. That's why he's having so many one- and two-yard carries, a lot of those. So it's a lot. some of it's on him. And then the third element I ran into is not just one quarterback, but I found a few plays where both quarterbacks, Tommy Stevens against Tennessee, Schrader against LSU, actually didn't read the zone read stuff correctly, whether I should give it or keep it. You know, I'm, we're going to – Leave right. the we're going right. to leave the end unblocked, and I'm reading. Do I give or keep based on his movement? And sometimes the quarterbacks have actually misread where they they gave it, and they should have kept the football and take it to the next level of the RPO. So what I'm seeing is it, it's they don't have like blatant missed assignments, but there is a physicality and a quickness and a suddenness in their in what they're doing physically and mentally, that that is what is hampering their run game. What do you think about that? Okay, so what 
while, while you're looking at this, I want to ask you to look for one more thing for me because I think I, what I'm supposed to say is right too. Okay. How many of those? How many of those are they banging their head against the wall? How many of those are you trying to run up the gut after it doesn't work, and you're not getting it on the outside? Yeah. I mean, and what you've said a thousand times, I I, I scream every weekend. Where's the screen? Mm. Where is the screen? You these people are coming. Garrett Schrader, you can you can you can complete a ten yard pass. All you have to do is catch the ball, run, sprint back, turn around, and throw it to a back behind all your linemen that are blocking second level players because all the other defensive linemen are up the field. Yeah, and I mean, you know, screens it doesn't take a rocket science. Yeah, and, and screens typically, what you're trying to do with a screen pass is a lot of times you're trying to slow up somebody's pass rush. You know, like. Right. They've been getting to your quarterback. They're they're speed rushing you off the edge, bull rushing your center and guards, and so you run a screen where you turn those guys loose and we throw it behind them and we use their aggressiveness against them. So right. I would tell right. you, I would Chris again, you're gonna if you get a chance to watch the video I put out there this afternoon, um, you're gonna see a couple of times I made example of this. They have wide receiver screen throws type throws built into their run game as RPOs. Okay, so like the quarterback right. reads it. And if he pulls the ball, now the quarterback can either take off running and make four or five yards himself, or he flips it out there out wide to Dedrick Thomas, who has intentionally stayed behind the line of scrimmage so that he can catch it with a receiver blocking out in front of him on the edge. And there have been some times where that's what should have happened, but the quarterback misread... Right. The end gave the ball to Kylan Hill when he actually should have pulled the ball and then swung it out there on the RPO. So, listen, I, I say all that. I just watch it and I see that what what coaches a lot of times say in post-game press conferences or even on Monday press conferences after they watch the film, it comes across to a lot of people as excuse-making. It comes across as coach-speak or, oh, crap, you know, you lose and oh, we don't want to hear you say – well, we're really close, or we just got to clean up, we got to execute. You know, people get tired of hearing execution. What I found when I went back and watched this stuff, a lot of the run plays from the last two games, they don't have big, egregious errors. They have a lot of little things that they're not doing at times that make the difference between a two-yard run versus a 10-yard run. And yes. and and that comes from practice. You know, you you – practice it a certain way i tell you another theory on this chris and you know I, I just have to wonder it you know state went their offensive line last year was practicing against two first round draft picks every time they went good on good in a scrimmage and oh, yeah. that and, has a lot to do with it and this year i just wonder if a lot of you know being soft a little bit and how you're blocking your run game i wonder if in a lot of the preseason stuff and the scrimmages and stuff, if your defensive front wasn't physical enough to uncover some of that for your coaching staff on film. So right. it's just so something I thought I, about. I will say, the last thing I want to say is, all you state fans that wanted to kill Mick Fitzgerald last year because he wasn't doing what you wanted him to do, y'all remember this. He probably carried us to three or four wins, and he tried to carry us to – those two that we lost that we all fuss about the tennis the um, 
Florida and Kentucky game. So I think that people need to get off him and start praising him and saying they're sorry. I think a lot of people owe that young man an apology because he was the only reason why we really did a lot in some of those games last year. Yeah, let me tell you something. You too, Chris. See ya. See ya. Thanks for the call, buddy. Nick Fitzgerald, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never feel differently, was one of, if not the, maybe on the offensive side of the ball, the toughest individual that I ever saw put the uniform on for State. That's what he was. As tough as a pine knot <laughs> for four years. You saw it when he was a freshman when he got in the game and Dak was still there. But the last three years, certainly of his career, it didn't matter how hot it was, September game, sun beating down, whatever. In the fourth quarter of games, he ran harder than he did in the first quarter. Defenses literally got sick and tired of trying to tackle him, of hitting him. They were so sick and tired of tackling him in the fourth quarter of some of those games, and he'd pop right back up and run right back to the huddle and ready to run the next play. Tough, man. Tough. And listen. The guy would will his way to running the football for 120, 130, 140 yards. I agree with you, Chris. Kid was tough as nails. He'll always have my respect. Now get some of your texts and your thoughts on some of my thoughts. Coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Phone lines open to you. Talk to Warren earlier. Talk to Chris. Y'all can be like them, be heard all over the place. Not only on ESPN 1059 The Zone live every day from 12 to 2, but in the evenings on WBLE Batesville 100.5 and WVBG Vicksburg 1077 and 1490 Talk Radio in Vicksburg. Also, all over the world on social media. All over the world. Thanks for tuning in. All right. So, um, by the way, if you ever want to watch it, you can look it up on Facebook. It's just facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. John and Stacy on Facebook over here agreeing with what I said about Nick Fitzgerald. Um, you can also watch it on Periscope, which is connected to Twitter. I'm on Twitter at uh, Radio Wyatt, at Radio Wyatt. All right, your texts on the text line, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Unnamed texture says, I thought State did play better against LSU. The team responds well with Shredder. Now, obviously, he meant Schrader, but that's a pretty cool nickname. <laughs> if your last name is Schrader. Yeah. Shredder, Schrader. Schrader the Shredder. 
hey, we said it here first. Here we are. We'll, we'll give that one to Neil. What would be even better is if Garrett Schrader would become like an all-conference, all-American type quarterback and get drafted by, let's say, the Chicago Bears, where he could play in the no NFC better. North. Yeah. You play in the NFC North, who are in the same division with the Packers, the Cheeseheads, and every... <laughs> I see where you're going. You see where I'm going? And every time then Schrader beat the Packers, they could call him Schrader the Shredder. He shredded the cheese. He head. shredded the cheese. They'd be out there shredding cheese. <laughs> That's just way too much time spent on sci-fi. All right. Um, they did play better defensively. You know, again – the, the players, the way players think is, you know, they're never going to take a pat on the back for giving up 36 points in a game. They just, that's the way it is. But defensively, they did some good things. You know, red zone stops, forcing field goals against that passing offense early as opposed to giving up touchdowns. C.J. Morgan, the safety for State, had an outstanding game. Am I right that he had three pass breakups in the end zone in the first half? And then he had another big pass breakup in the second half out in the field that forced a punt. He had four PBUs in the ball game, and three of those were in the end zone, locked up against a good LSU receiver. A great day. He's a, he's from Louisiana. It was good to see that for him. So they did some good things. And the problem is they 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 just didn't do it enough offensively. You've got to do more than just a few good things. Offensively, you want to go win games. Tiger David on the text line says, they were playing junior colleges with Kylan's numbers early. Well, not necessarily. Let's see. What did he have against Kentucky? Anybody know that? What were his numbers against Kentucky? Kentucky's defense, not phenomenal. They gave Georgia fits. Georgia's a very talented team. Kentucky gave them fits uh, the other day. Tiger David saying that Southern Miss's defense is a junior college team. Hyperbole, Tiger David. Hyperbole. would say, there you go. <laughs> do we, you told me he said it, but Roger, do you have a clip of him saying it? We, we got to find that one. Oh, yeah, I, I, ben may, may know where that is. Hyperbole. <laughs> that's, the, that's my favorite one. Well, Rondivia's ribs. Yeah. Which, which is also elusive to find. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. Gator Nation on the text line says, I love your show, Matt. You never ignore my texts like the other shows do sometimes. You do a good job. Explain stuff in details. Thank you for giving me something good to listen to at work. <laughs> now, Matt, when I first read that one, I read it. Uh, you do a good job sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah it matters mm. where you've got the, the comma, right? Right. He went on to say, um, now, just admit, Brady is about to win number seven when the Patriots' invitational starts. Have a great day, Gator Nation. I really believe it's true, Gator Nation. I think the the NFL is incredibly compelling. There's as much parity there as there is in any sport, anywhere, at any level. And they do that on purpose. They know it's what people want. Week in, week out, year in, year out, your team has a chance to win. Everybody wants that. It raises the ratings, raises the interest, the drama, the intrigue. The salaries. The salaries, the television contracts. But they can do all they want, and they can talk about the Saints. Look, and I, I hope the Saints do it out of the NFC. I hope they do. 
but it's the Patriots and everybody else. That defense is incredible. And they don't have to be great on offense right now. All you got to do is be great on offense for three games after in the postseason, and, and they will. All right, Chicken Hawk on the Divinity Equipment phone. I hadn't heard from old Chicken Hawk in a long time. What's up, Chicken Hawk? Well, hell, State, the reason you ain't heard from me in a long time because you're long-winded, and you know I drive an 18-wheeler, and I can't park this rascal just any worse than here modulate with you. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Huh? I totally yes, understand. I get it. But, but hold, hold on. I got two or three things. Now, hold on. The first thing's first with Roger. Roger. Yeah. Okay. Now, here, look at about my buddy, Beaver. Now, listen. Beaver is the most overworked producer probably in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> and I know you control all this. Now, the, the Pearl Northwest. <laughs> he works Lady four hours Lady. a day. Huh? <laughs> he works four hours a day. Man, are you got to be crazy. I do this and a job. <laughs> Man, listen, you kind of messed me up, Jack. Now, hold on a minute. Beaver needs to be all Friday night because he needs to come over there to Pearl because Lou Bell has done bought me and her some special Pearl shirt. You know, Lou Bell. Oh, is, Pearl that, is that the battle that's going on? Is it, is it the big game? It's the best ranking. Well, you know, because it's because of uh, Christy. That's what I call Brooks now. That's his new name, Christy. So, you know, Chris is going to be there out of the Northwest Rangers. Chicken Hawk, love Beaver, what? <laughs> that, was, that was a Chris. Chicken Hawk, love that's 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 a Chris Brooks soundbite, Chicken yeah. Hawk. And that's real, all that real is. Real small bite. What's a Chris Brooks soundbite? Soundbite. That's what you're hearing. He's he's hitting a button, and it's Chris's voice going, oh. Chicken Hawk. <laughs> like this. Oh. I'll do it one more time. <laughs> Chicken Hawk, love See, that's just, he's oh, playing yeah, oh, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's when he said he loved me. Yeah, yeah that's he right. he said he loved me. Yeah, bless his heart. Hey, you know what? Uh, I think you just wanted to hear it a lot. <laughs> yeah, but look here. Beaver got a button there, too, where he says, Hail State. Believe oh, it or yeah. not. There's a Hail State button there for, for Christy. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the only one I have for Ben. She's a saucy uh, minx. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, listen here. Let me say something about my boy. Because everything else I was going to say is going to be too long. Let me say something about my boy, Nick. I'm right there with you, see. Now, I think I've told you this before, but, you know, his whole family was tailgated with us the whole time he was up there. And Netta, his mama, is just as sweet. And the whole family, him and his whole family, is the solid of the earth. And that boy should play some doggone football. Any of these cracker heads want to jump out there and talk about Nick, get down in the three-pointer, the four-point stance in front of him and see what in the world. you talking about a pancake, there'll be a stack of them. Now, what I what that boy done for me, I wanted something to remember him from and at at the uh at last egg boat, I bought my state helmet up there and I got Netta to do the I said she put on her hashtag seven, uh her name Netta and then hashtag uh mom and then when Nick, you know, got through with the game, uh up under his mama he put hash you know, he knows I'm crazy like y'all do. He already doesn't know that. And he said, What you got and he and I said, just just do what I'm telling you, son. And uh he put on that hashtag seven, then he done his little Nick Fitzgerald deal, and then he put on there hashtag son. That nobody got nothing like that. Won't nobody never have that. That's like right. That. It's it, that's right. It's individualized for you. Chicken Hawk, hey, good to hear you. Hey, look, look, we look, gotta go, wait, man. Wait, wait. The music started. We can't wait. Oh, hey, see you. <laughs> Y'all stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. That's what they are at Farm Bureau Insurance. Agents in all 82 counties in Mississippi. And Farm Bureau Insurance is a Mississippi company here, headquartered in Jackson. Everything's right there. I I got to spend yesterday some time with the um, Farm Bureau Insurance agents in Corinth. Now, I used to say Corinth, and then I realized that everybody wants me to say Corinth. <laughs> <laughs> but for the radio, I'll say Corinth. Um, and Corinth. Yeah, Corinth. And their adjusters, the Farm Bureau Insurance adjusters, are in the same building with the insurance agents right upstairs. It's all right there. It's local people, a bunch of guys that have been living there forever, growing up there. And that's just kind of the way it is. It's, when dealing with insurance, that's what you want. You want it together. You want it local. And you want it somebody you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. This show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Roger, I haven't bitten it off yet, but man, I, I've been reading up these cameras on this new iPhone 11. See, I have this iPhone 8 Plus uh, from C Spire right now, and it's relatively new, and I love it. I love it. But. I'm mighty tempted to go in there and get that 11. Why not? YOLO. You only live once. Okay. Um, started the show today. Happy to get your thoughts. And if you want to get mine, I, just a reminder, started the show today by telling you I started to dive in a little bit and just for my own purposes. Uh, it's fun to do. Start studying Mississippi State's running game and why it's kind of been, um, it, it hasn't been explosive the last three games, and I watched the last two against Tennessee, watched some running plays against LSU, watched some, and saw some things. I'm, I'm going to put it out to, today on a film study video that kind of tell you that it really is about there's there's some little things they've got to do better, and it will make a big difference, and I can tell you all about that. We got into it earlier. Happy to do that. The other thing I wanted to make you aware of, there's a story out there. See if this sounds familiar. And then, Jeff, I'm coming to your call here in Jackson. ESPN.com. Florida State Athletic Director dismisses talk on Willie Taggart's status. Willie Taggart, the football coach at Florida State. FSU Athletic Director David Coburn on Tuesday dismissed social media talk about football coach Willie Taggart's job status including one report that Urban Meyer would be the school's top target to replace him. He told the Tallahassee Democrat, quote, if Taggart were hit by a bus tomorrow, we would not target Coach Meyer, period. <laughs> I say that with all due respect, Coach Meyer, but he would, but we would not target Steve Spurrier either. How about that? Could that, you be more definitive? He really couldn't be more definitive, right? Um, here, here's what, here's a couple of thoughts, real quick. One, I can guarantee you that the newly launched ACC network. See if you pick up where I, what I'm putting down here. See if you smell what I'm stepping in here. I can guarantee you that the newly formed and launched ACC network will not have one of its major hosts 
in a sit-down interview with Willie Taggart and this AD on the Florida State campus for all the world to see where the host on the ACC network rips them to shreds. Well, that's not the right term. Backs them in a corner with endless questions about Willie Taggart's job status and reports of pursuing Urban Meyer, the AD and the coach, on the ACC network. I guarantee you with 100% certainty that will not happen. But that same kind of scenario, it happens on other conference networks, doesn't it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about Paul, are you? It just might be. <laughs> and here's the other thing you need to remember. Every major coach has an agent. The agent's job is to work in the shadows to get that coach a raise and as much money in new contracts as possible because a percentage of that goes into the agent's pocket. That is his job. And no agent wants to be the agent for a coach who goes out here and publicly slams one door after another. So every coach answers these coaching search and rumor questions with, I'm focused on the job I have, and I'm really happy where I am. We'll cross that bridge if it ever happens. But right now, I'm just, that's, they all answer the questions the same way. And to the point that the media won't ever accept that, even though they know they have agents and they won't definitively close things out publicly because they have agents working on every different front. And the media pushes and pushes and pushes until every now and then the best approach is for a coach to lie straight through their teeth. I don't know how else I can say it, guys. I've said it three different occasions. Well, then I guess I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I've said this over and over and over. The best approach, I'm saying the best approach when media won't take your answer and accept your answer with the understanding that, look, you have an agent working for you. Part of your responsibility to your agent is to not shorthand them in any future conversations. That's just part of the relationship with an agent. Media know that, but we're still, because I can earn brownie points with everybody watching and listening to me, I'm going to back this coach and this AD in a corner. Then, then get mad when they lie to you. I don't know how else I can say it, guys. I've said it three different occasions. Well, then I guess I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I've said this over and over and over. And then mad when he lies. Maybe the best approach is for coaches and ADs publicly in interviews with people who want to back him in a corner, just lie right to their face. Lie to them. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Jeff is in Jackson. What's up, Jeff? Hey, man, that was a great segue into what I was going to speak on. Um, you know, you made it as a coach. You were talking about those agents. Mm -hmm. Who's that cat that uh, does all the big dogs like saving? His name's Jimmy something other. Jimmy Sexton. And, uh, that's it. You know, um, what's his, our coach that was before him, Mullen? Yes. He, he did not have Jimmy Sexton there for the longest. And then all of a sudden, when he started doing well at Mississippi State, in comes Jimmy Sexton, and now all of a sudden he's at Florida. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, man, it means a lot what kind of agent you got. No doubt. Um, Jeff, hey, real quick, remember this. Um, yeah. Remember I told you, in a couple of months, it's going to get really, really cold around here. And it may get so yeah. it may get so cold that we may spot Jimmy Sexton with his hand in his own pocket. 
Oh my God! It won't go that route. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> then the earth's gonna just fall apart. Uh, hey, uh, speaking of agents and coaching, I've heard all of all my. I'm a Mississippi State grad, and I've heard everything from uh, the guy down at FAU, Lane Kiffin, to I heard uh, even get this Rodriguez over at Ole Miss. But the one I like is Bill Clark at UAB. Yeah. What's your thoughts? What what job opening are you referencing right now, Jeff? I'm talking about Mississippi State. State, if it were to come open. Um, listen, yeah. I, I don't know much about Rich Rod other than just following his history like a lot of other people. Um, this I do know, and I'm happy to say it publicly where anybody listening can hear me say it. Bill Clark is a, a winner. 24-7, 365, he always has been a winner. He is the kind of coach who will take his players and beat yours or take your players and beat his. That's the kind of coach that he is. He um, <clears throat> And he's always been – what I like about him too is he's he's always been about – he gets a job and he just wants to win where he is. He's not the kind who's always looking for the next biggest, fastest ladder to the top. He um he got the he got the head coaching job at my high school alma mater, Prattville High School, in the you know, the mid part of the, the early two thousands. Prior to that, Hoover High School was the class of the state. Multiple state championships, rush probes to all this stuff. When Bill Clark went to Prattville, he raised money. He got players out to play. They built an indoor practice facility, and he took over. He he took over, won multiple state championships, beat Hoover for them. Then he helped Joey Jones start the program at South Alabama. They hired him at Jacksonville State. He coached at Jacksonville State for one year and won like 12 games. Goes to UAB. We know what he did there. Takes him to bowl games before they killed the program and after they killed the program has taken him to bowl games. He's an excellent, excellent football coach, no doubt about it. Well, I went to UAB to get my MBA when I graduated Mississippi State, and uh, I've met the guy and all, and I tell you what, he would fit up here at Mississippi State like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Well, he's good coach. He's going to get his opportunity, Jeff. It's just a matter of time, and and when he does, he will win wherever he goes. That's a fact. Appreciate the call, Gator man. I believe I got time. Real quick, what's up? Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, you know you want to know why uh, uh, our uh, my boy uh, Willie Tigers got such a big buy out there at Florida State? Why is that? It's because his agent is Billy is Jimmy Sexton. Oh. That's why he's got a seventeen million dollar buyout. <laughs> and makes I, all sense. these Florida State fans that are wishing and hoping and dreaming, Urban Meyer is not going to be the next coach at FSU. Doesn't you know sound where like he's going to be the next coach at USC. U- USC. I That's said it, it a year and a half ago on Brooks' show. They're just hoping Clay Helton doesn't work it out. Thanks for the call, Gator Man. A great way to wrap up Hour 1, Hour 2 coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.